welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, my name is Franz. Well, it's been a while since I've done a podcast. I've been very busy, I have to admit. We've had the elk season come and go, and uh, I didn't get an elk, but my son-in-law did, and we agreed ahead of time to split the elk between us. So I have a freezer full of elk meat again for the first time in three years. I like elk meat. I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this podcast are not in favor of hunting, but that's just the way I, I lean. I'm a, I'm a hunter. Once a year, deer hunt, elk hunt. I used to hunt pheasant when I had a dog. I had a Springer Spaniel, and it was fun to go hunting pheasant with him. And it, was, it would be fun. I'd play a trick on him. He would be sound asleep in the dead of winter, sleeping in front of the hearth, in front of the fireplace. And I would just creep into the closet and pull out my pump shotgun, a Remington Wingmaster shotgun. And as carefully and as slowly as I could, could uh, cock it, or run the pump back and forward, I would do that. And he would wake up immediately and start running around and whining and getting all excited because he knew what that sound meant. He identified that sound with, with going pheasant hunting. But he's long gone. In fact, he's, he died before I started sailing. Uh, in the Mediterranean, I should say. Actually, before I started sailing anywhere. Well, not anywhere, but before I did my Atlantic crossing. And he got to be an old dog, and he actually got in an accident and was hit by a car and passed away. But he was about 10 years old at the time, so he was, he was uh, in his older years. But when he passed away, I, I knew I was not going to get another dog because I, I knew I was going to be traveling a lot. And I did not want to worry about having to find a babysitter for the dog or a kennel for the dog. And I just did not want that responsibility. I mean, a pet is a lot like a child, let's face it. Which brings me to uh, one of the letters I got from a listener asking me to get somebody on the podcast and talk about sailing with pets. And I don't know anybody that is an expert on sailing with pets. I know there's very severe restrictions on importing pets into Australia and New Zealand I'm not sure what it is like in the Mediterranean. And so I'm reaching out to you, the audience. If anybody out there has any expertise in the different rules and regulations on sailing with pets in foreign countries, I would really appreciate you reaching out to me, franz1 at medsailor.com, and putting me in touch with an expert that can address this subject because it's something that some people are interested in. I once went sailing with a friend of mine that had a nice passport. I think, I think it was a passport 40-some foot boat. It was a nice big boat, and we went sailing in the San Francisco Bay one time, and he had two golden retrievers. So it was him, his wife, the two golden retrievers, me and my wife, and... I didn't enjoy it, uh, quite honestly. I enjoyed the sailing, but the dogs were taking up the entire cockpit. It was just awkward and uncomfortable for me because you have to move around. When you're sailing, you have to move around, and the, <laughs> the dogs were always in the way. They were never down below. They were always in the cockpit, and it was uncomfortable. 
so I'm, I wasn't a particular fan of full-size dogs. And personally, I like sporting dogs, so I, I like golden retrievers and labs and springer spaniels and those sort of dogs. But maybe a toy dog would be more appropriate for, a, for sailing in the Mediterranean. I'm a lousy salesman, I got to tell you. I haven't been reaching out to sponsors for this podcast other than the one time I reached out to Sailrite. But amazingly enough, without me even doing anything, I got an email last week from Sailrite saying they want to continue sponsoring the podcast and to get a hold of them. And we haven't finalized that. But I like the company Sailrite. I love their videos. I think they do a great job for us in the sailing community. They have a fantastic machine. I own one of them. And I don't mind just giving them free advertising until we come to an agreement. So I'm going to continue advertising Sailrite. This show is sponsored in part by Sailrite. Since 1969, Sailrite has been equipping self-sufficient sailors with tools, supplies, and knowledge they need to sew for their boats. This second-generation family business is also the maker of the Sailrite UltraFeed sewing machine. The UltraFeed is a portable, heavy-duty sewing machine that was designed to handle all your maritime sewing projects from sails to covers. At Sailrite, you'll find everything you need to take on your next do-it-yourself project, including fabric, tools, hardware, and even hundreds of free how-to video tutorials. Start your next project at Sailrite.com. That's S-A-I-L-R-I-T-E dot com. My mother's 88 years old, and she's not in very good health right now, and... It's been a while since I've been back to Indiana. She lives in South Bend, Indiana, and that's where I went to high school. Again, I, I think I once mentioned that I went to high school in South Bend, Indiana. And when I was done with high school, I couldn't get out of the Midwest fast enough. So I was out there like a bullet out to the West again. This is where I consider home, the Mountain West, the United States. But my mother still lives in Indiana, and she hasn't done very well. She's got some health issues, and I'm worried that I need to get back to see her. So uh, over Thanksgiving this year, my, I'm taking my, my full family back to South Bend to see her again. And Sailrite's not too far away. I think they're in Elkhart, Indiana, which is not too far away from South Bend. So I'm going to try to do a trip over and, and meet the people face-to-face at Sailrite, take a tour of their factory. I already talked to Matt Grant a couple times as interviews on the podcast, and I really enjoy talking to him, and I've seen him a lot in his videos, the YouTube videos that the company puts out. So it'll be nice to actually go see them personally. So I'm going to continue talking about our summer sail. So Neil was on the second crew, Neil Fletcher and uh, and Mike Allgood, who continued staying with me from the first crew into the second crew, and we sailed from uh, Samos over to, oh, I, what is it, Icarus or Iraklia, Iraklia. Anyway, it's the island just, just to the west of Samos. And that channel between Samos and Iraklia or Iraklia is known to be very, very windy. It's... Um, a venturi effect between the two tall islands so any northerly wind will just funnel through there and and just create super strong winds and i've i've had some of the strongest winds in the mediterranean when i've sailed between those two islands 
So we sailed over, and it was going great until later on in the afternoon, as often is the case, the wind came up. We were attempting to go around to the north side of Heraclea, but we couldn't make it, and we ended up going to the south side. And I think we talked about this in the last podcast. And so we arrive at, uh, at the town in Heraclea. Let me, let me actually pull up Google Earth so I can talk about this a little bit. So I'm going to pause this and pull up Google Earth. So anyway, Ikaria, that's how it's, it's spelled, I-K-A-R-I-A. That's the name of the island. But anyway, it's, um, it's where the uh, Greek mythology Icarus came from. So anyway, we're sailing across to Icarus, or Ikaria, I should say. And I always have a problem with that because in my mind I'm thinking of, of Icarus. All right, so we... we pull into the south side of Ikaria because we were not able to sail to the north side. The winds just came up so strong that we couldn't even do the little bit of north-west that we needed to get around the north side of the island. And that turned out to be okay because we explored the north side of the island by car later on. We went into the town of Kirikos, which is the main port, really about the only port on the south side of Ikaria. And since I was there the last time, they put a brand new yacht marina, and we pulled in there, and it's still a bit under construction. We were able to side tie and went into the town, cute little town. And I don't know if you know this, but Ikaria has the second longest lifespan of any place in the world. I think people in Okinawa live slightly longer, but the next one down is Ikaria. So they're known for their longevity on the island. I actually have a client in Chicago whose family is from Ikaria. And so I, uh, I was thinking of them when I was traveling around the island. Ed, who's the guy I did the Chicago Mackinac race with a couple times, his wife is from Ikaria. So anyway, we pull in, we go out to dinner, we look at the weather forecast for the next day, and it's terrible. It's high, strong winds, which I just did not want to go out in. And so we're stuck in port for a day. I'm not the kind of guy that sits on a boat and just uh, reads a book. I, we decided to rent a car, and we drove around the island. So we drove up to the northeast corner of the island by the airport on the northeast part of the island, and then we ro- drove some dirt roads back down to the uh, main road on the north north on the northeast side of the island and went all the way down to the main port town which is called Evidos E V D I L O S Evdilos Evdilos yeah anyway so that's where i actually wanted to sail to and spend the night in that harbor there and since we were able to eyeball it by renting a car and driving over there, I was glad we did not get over there. That's not a very comfortable port for yachts. There was a couple yachts tied up there, but that was very, very surgy in the harbor. They were rolling a lot, and I was glad I was on the south side in that nice little marina. But anyway, we had dinner there, and I think uh, in the last podcast, I shouldn't say dinner, we had lunch there, and in the last podcast, I played a little bit of the uh, episode that we did sitting at a little a little cafe there. So we continued on driving around the island. We drove all the way down to the 
southwest corner, and we wanted to come up the south end of the island or the south shore of the island, but there's no road that goes from the southwest corner back up to Kirikos. So we had to backtrack and then head up and over and around. But anyway, what I'm getting to is along the way, Neil got bored just riding in the car, and I think I think Neil was driving. And later, yeah, Neil was driving. Later on, we switched where I drove. But <laughs> Neil just decided to start playing music. And he showed us what his taste in music was. But between each music cut that he did, he would be a DJ. And he was fantastic. And it was a lot of fun. It was entertaining as could be. And I'm going to share some of that with you. And as soon as I get done with this little bit of monologue, I'm just going to share other recordings from this uh, this summer. So I'm going to share uh, Neil being the DJ, and then I'm going to share a recording that Neil did when we were making our passage from Ikaria and attempting to get to Mykonos. So here's what happened. The next day, the we looked at windy.ty, and it looked like the winds were going to be coming strong winds, but still not... not uh, not unmanageable winds from the northeast, which would have meant that I could have made my destination of Mykonos. Well, we went around the south side of Ikaria, and there were off and on catabatic winds, which made me a little nervous. So if we were getting that strong winds on the lee side of the island, I was getting nervous what it would be like when we got out in the passage between Ikaria and Mykonos, which is, I think, around... Let's see how long it is. Just a second. Yeah, it's about 29 miles, and that's statute miles. I need to change that to nautical miles. Yeah, from the southwest corner of Akaria to where we could actually find a, a safe harbor on Mykonos was about 25 nautical miles, which is a long haul. Well, we couldn't do it. it the winds ended up being from the northwest, which means we could not make our course. And so instead of going where I wanted to go, we ended up sailing about 50 nautical miles down to Peros. That's pretty much what we had to do to be semi-comfortable and not be beat to death with the waves and the winds coming pretty much out of the uh, northwest. So we had to adjust our course to go wherever we could go. And we ended up going down to Peros Town in Peros. And we knew that Jack Andrews was already anchored down there because he'd, they'd decided it was too rough to go anywhere. And they'd been there for a couple days. So we pulled into uh, Peros Town, which is on the west side of the island of Peros. It's the main ferry port. And all day long, there's ferries coming in and going out and coming in and going out. But fortunately, it's got very good holding. And there were quite a few sailboats anchored in there waiting for a weather window to go somewhere else. Well, we ended up spending four or five nights just in Peros, in, the, in this anchorage in Peros, off of Peros Town. Spent a lot of time with Jack. I did some work on the boat, rented a scooter, drove around the island. But I'm going to share some of the audio that we produced with Jack and Julia on their boat. One point that I want to make is I was using windy.ty for our weather forecast, and Jack and Julia informed me that if you're going to use windy.ty for your weather forecast, 
always looked at the gusts because the winds, the consistent winds, are somewhat understated. And the winds you're actually going to be getting throughout the day are what are on the gust window. So look for the window that says gusts. And that's what you can plan on pretty much the entire day. And that's what I did after that. And that would affect whether I would go out that day or not, or is it depending on the wind gusts. Because the winds were a lot stronger than the weather forecast indicated when I was just looking at the weather forecast on windy.ty. So with that out of the way, I'm going to just play a few more clips of some of the things that we recorded. That's it. That was Tutte Bleu by Amy Strong. And for anyone with a rudimentary knowledge of French, that means all is blue. Frank, we're not ready for you yet. He loves to interrupt me, that guy. Has to be the center of attention at all times. Tout est bleu means all is blue. And of course, if we're living in a place like Icaria, where we're surrounded by that beautiful sea, that's uh, something that we can relate to. This section of the show is brought to us, by, brought to you, by the Corral Trattoria in downtown Udelios, where the special of the week is Grandmother's Goat Recipe. And I have to say that uh, having eaten there this afternoon and seen the lovely young waitress from Bulgaria, I was feeling like something of an old goat myself. But anyway, enough of that and my uh, peccadillos. We're going to move on to something from a wonderful new Brazilian singer called Jesuara Silva. This is called La Vem a Baiana. Okay, I'm completely turned around now. It's 12 minutes past 5 o'clock on a beautiful Monday evening here in Acaria. This is DJ English keeping you company through your commute. There has been a lot of pedestrian traffic out on the north side of the island since one of those big ferries unloaded at Endelios a couple of hours ago. A lot of people coming down from Athens to recreate and who can blame them on our beautiful northern beaches. In fact, I hear that there's a surfing competition going on right now. So if you are driving, just be careful on the roads. And if you do see someone with their thumb out, why not be a good Samaritan, show them that good Ikarian spirit and give them a ride. You never know, you may make a friend for life. So, with that in mind, talking of friends for life, how about something from Charles Trenet? We're going to get back in the way back time machine yet again. As you know, I'm prone to doing that here on the DJ English show. This is called Kerastetil de nos amours, which more or less translates what happened to all those memories of our old loves. And I think as a middle-aged man, that's something that I can, uh, I can, what's the word I'm looking for? That I can find simpatico, and hopefully you will too. Take it away, Charles. That was Now That We've Found Love by Third World, taking us all the way back to the summer of 1983. I remember it well, and I hope you do too. This is DJ English, the voice of Paros Radio. It's been lovely keeping company with you tonight. I'm going to sign off at 1.30 when uh, we're going to have Nusos Dimitriasis coming on and talking about sheep rearing today. So we've got six minutes left and we're going to play you out with something that, all, that goes out to all the sailors out there sitting in their cockpits under a moonlit sky on a perfect Aegean evening. It's lovely to have your company. Make sure you join me tomorrow tonight at 10 p.m. And we're going to play you out with the inimitable Fela Kuti, the father of Nigerian Afrobeat, and Walter No Get Enemy.
It's 12.39 local time on Tuesday, August 1st. I'm in the cabin, the barrel-vaulted cabin of Franz's boat, Franz's Bristol Channel Cutter. Part, as part of my cunning plan to take over this podcast, I decided to wait until Franz was asleep, and perhaps only he be asleep in these kind of conditions. Um, as I said, I decided to wait till he was asleep before I recorded just a little two or three minute snippet to give you listeners a sense of where we are here. We are crossing the channel between Ikaria and Mykonos. As mentioned in the previous uh, sec- section, we were unsure whether we were going to end up in Naxos, Paros, Tinos or Mykonos because the winds look, didn't look promising and we weren't sure whether or not we were going to be able to leave earlier when we'd be able to put some mileage in the bank in the direction we wanted to go or whether or not uh, we'd end up just going south and running before what were winds that looked between, between 25 and 30, which is no fun if you're beating the weather and we've already done that just <laughs> the day before yesterday. So where we are now is that Mike Allgood is out in the cabin, out in the cockpit, I beg your pardon. Franz is asleep, and I'm here just at the uh, bottom of the companionway stairs. We've got kind of a confused sea state with the waves more or less halfway between the beam and the quarter. Waves about five, six feet, knocking us around quite a lot. Sustained winds in the low 20s, probably gusting to about 28 to 30. Having said that, it's a beautiful summer day in the Greek islands. Clear, clear blue sky. And even though we're getting sprayed a lot in the cockpit, we're staying warm and kind of enjoying a very interesting sleigh ride. Um, I don't want to get the microphone wet, so I'm just going to yell out at Mike just to see if he can give me a word of wisdom. How are you enjoying it out there, Mike? Love it, love it. So there you are. Mike is a gentleman of a certain seasoning, rather like myself, and um, this is our excuse to behave like a couple of little boys fulfilling our dreams, feeling really alive, having a great time. This Bristol Channel Cutter is such a wonderfully tough little boat. You really get the sense that there's nothing that she can't handle, short of hitting a whale or a shipping container, and perhaps I shouldn't tempt fate there, but she is one tough little campaigner. So we're en route to Mykonos. And um, we've got about four hours of sailing ahead of us. Right now, it's a bit of a sleigh ride, but uh, thoroughly a one we are thoroughly enjoying. Thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions for future podcasts, drop me a note, franz1 at medsailor.com. The website is medsailor.com. And I also sell some audio guides for what you need to learn in order to pass the written portion of the American Sailing Association exams of 101 the 103 and the 104. I can't teach you to sail, but I can explain a lot of the terminology and the maneuvers and rules of the roads and safety issues that you need to be aware of on a sailboat in my audio courses. And if you, if you get these audio courses, you're pretty much ready to take the written exam for any of the ASA courses that correspond with the audio courses that I put together. Consider it. They're available at the website. They're also available in iTunes and Amazon. Got some great reviews from people out there about the audio courses, and I want to thank those people that have written those reviews. One other thing I want to ask is if you 
like this podcast, please consider supporting the podcast on Patreon. And there's a link at the website, medsailor.com, to support the podcast. And also, if you like the podcast and you don't want to support me, I understand that. There's only so much money you can spend. But do me a favor and go in and write a review for the podcast in iTunes or whatever podcast directory you use to get this podcast. All right, that's it for this episode. Get out there and go sailing. Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing.